welcome to the Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind minicast. I'm joined by my ever-faithful podcast partner, Richard Roth. Hello. And today's topic, as planned, as promised, we are talking about those zany, weird, colourful, noisy, <laughs> strange, and many other words that you can't even string together about them. So <laughs> yeah, Ren and Stimpy. There's, they certainly, I think, left a mark on just about anyone who saw them. It doesn't matter if you were a child or you were at university at the time. It's like, in the early to mid-90s, it was like Ren and Stimpy was one of those defining shows. It's a bit, maybe not to the same extent, but it's a bit like Beavis and Butthead as well, the way they kind of had that, like, it, it ca- captured the cultural zeitgeist, as they say. But it was just, it was like the cool kids show. That's the way I, yeah. I kind of remember it in, in elementary school in America. Was It was very much the cool kids. Like the cool kids watch that. And it, it was just, yeah. I mean, everyone was just quoting. It was a bit like how <laughs> about so 10, 15 years later, everyone was quoting Austin Powers. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, it was just everyone was like, hmm, no, sir, I don't like it. And all of those, yeah, it was... It was it was great. <laughs> I think I think as a kid, it it just blew my mind because, you know, our, our generation. I know I'm a bit older than your good self, but <laughs> you know, basically we were brought up on Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, you know, all the kind of cartoons that were probably pre-war, most of them, <laughs> and. It took a while. I mean, I'm trying to think of what other kind of, you know, I think Animaniacs probably came after. Ren Animaniacs was Tiny Toons. I think was before. It yeah. was all. Um, this is one of those things where a lot of people t- like to take credit for that kind of animation renaissance around that time. But uh, from what I can remember, and from the interviews I've read, really one of the biggest catalysts was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And not only was it phenomenally successful with critics and at the box office, but it was also all these guys who had grown up with these like Looney Tunes and like the classic cartoons. They were like, oh, my gosh, remember this? This was great. Why why can't we have it now? Because, I mean, I loved up, up until that point. I lo- People like to, especially in the industry, not like these 80s kind of tea advertising cartoons like he-man transformers ghostbusters stuff like that but i mean obviously i loved them at the time but this was my kind of big takeaway was like i had been watching stuff i mean even stuff like the american version of dennis the menace and things like that all these cartoons that were very structured and the only time you saw anything weird was um was on was from national film board of canada do you remember that they had like the cat came back and all these kind uh, of yeah. out there cartoons and i was like this is great like this is completely they different claim he was Lugana, but the cat yeah it's so good and then i rem- like when um the original three nicktoons count doug rugrats and ren and stimpy they were like so different to, to so much of what else I'd seen and like yeah and like Ren and Stimpy would just it really felt like the gloves were off and this is it's, something because they premiered on the same time didn't yes they? it was um August the 12th I think 1991 it was around the time we moved to the states actually I always thought we'd moved just beforehand but we didn't I think we moved a week after they debuted so when I got to America and started watching Nickelodeon it was like Nicktoons everything so every Sunday they were on it 
and yeah it was just that and then they started to I noticed that they, when they started, not syndicate because it was still on Nickelodeon, but when they started to shift them around the schedule and have repeats, it was Doug and Rugrats were on in the evenings at like 6 and 6.30, but Ren and Stimpy was shifted to SNCC, Saturday Night Nickelodeon at like 9.30, 8.30, 30 at night on a Saturday night because they were like, well, this we know that this appeals older because it had so many older fans. Hey, kid, you want a toy? Uh-huh. How about a bike? No. A video game? No! Well, okay. You pick a toy. Yes, log. All kids love log. What rolls downstairs, the motor and pairs, rolls over your neighbor's dog. Let's wait for a snack, it fits on your back, it's log, log, log. It's log, log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's log, log. It's better than that, it's good. Everyone wants a log. I, I just, I think, yeah, oh God, I mean, how, how old was I? Probably 11 or 12? No, something like that. When when it kind of, when I started watching it. I think it was on, because uh, I think on the UK, it was probably MTV it was on, because Beavis and Butthead was on MTV. That would make sense, because they were all MTV networks back then. So, yeah, it would have made sense for it to be on that channel. And it, it just it just blew my mind because it just had everything was so extreme. The sound effects were kind of trippy and weird and loud and noisy. And it always had the first use I've ever seen of of like a a freeze frame close up. <laughs> yes, those was, creepy like hand painted Closer, like the one of like I think it was like Ren's nose or something when it was all cracking and falling apart, <laughs> and uh, like the table with the nose goblins at the end. We had all these oh, boogers on the table, but, but that yeah. was it. And it's like this is what I remember. Like, like I was saying, it just feels like when they were making it, you could tell the gloves were off. They were like, "We're going to do whatever we want." And this is why. And some, I remember some of my friends used to give me stick for this, but do you remember the show um, Freakazoid? In the mid '90s, it was the same. I know the name, but it's I don't the know same kind of thing about. as like Animaniacs, Tiny Toons. It was from the same studio, the same people, and I think the same. Some of the same people, I think. Um, but I just—it was supposed to be this like wacky out there thing, and it was to a degree. But I always felt like it could have been so much more. And it's because I remembered like these National Film Board of Canada shorts and the the original Ren and Stimpy, and like I remembered what it really felt like to watch a cartoon where anything you have no idea what's coming next and although i really enjoyed freakazoid and it was it was a lot of fun it mm. never felt like it reached its full potential and i feel kind of like ren and stimpy was one of those shows where i know they had stuff taken out and i know they had to edit things but it was like for the time especially like they got away with a hell of a lot and oh massively and i and we kind of you know, we have to talk about the company that made them. Which oh yes, well, Spum, Spumco. Spumco. 
Yeah, it's. Um, I I did send you the link. There was um, an interview. It was originally done in 1991 for I think the magazine was called X. And then I read the interview in uh, late 99, early 2000 on an old Ren and Stimpy fan site. And someone has either since or maybe it was uploaded to before. It was on Usenet. So it's on Google Groups if you know where to look. But it's this massively long interview with Chris Savino, who was a um, a layout artist at Spumco. And he would gain more fame later in life when he would take over from Gendy Tartakovsky on Dexter's Laboratory and then go on to be accused of sexual harassment but we'll get to that but um it's this huge interview <laughs> and he was saying that like spunk like how it was like working there and apparently it was just it was chaotic as the show they were saying stuff like oh we would just like goof around and like mess with people and like go and get burgers and then when like if there was a week until the show was due we'd just like bust our asses and work like you know 19 20 hour days just to get it done and it's probably what eventually caused them to lose the um contract to make the show with nickelodeon but it's a if you're gonna go if anyone listening wants to look it up it's really worth it because it's a fascinating insight not just into spumco but into the american animation industry at the time as well because he was saying that at that point all the animation and if you guys were children at the time and used to read the credits like a, a nerdy younger me used to do cartoons were with the exception of he-man in the 80s at that point all animation was done overseas. It was largely done in Japan. And uh, I think Korea had started to move into it at this point as well. And anyway, uh, Ren and Simpy was done in... Cheap production. Yeah, it was like... Ren and Simpy was done in America. It was all animated in America. And Chris Savino was saying, it's like, at this point, um, because I think Spumco had just been shut down. He was like, Disney, Spumco, and Ralph Bakshi's Cool Productions, which made the terrible film Cool World, were the only oh. like serious American animation studio. I say serious in quotation marks. Animation studios. And it's just such a fascinating, because it's especially fascinating for me because it's like I was knee deep in cartoons at that point. I knew, like, I tried to find out everything I could. So when I read this, like, sort of 10 years after the fact, I was like, oh my gosh, I never knew, like, all this was going on behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. And basically, if you're in animation in America, you had, like, Disney, and that was about it. Like, no one else was making cartoons, everything was going overseas. And so, like, yeah, it's just, it's a really, really interesting into, I mean, like I said, I'm reading it now uh, through the lens of all the stuff he was accused of later. It's a bit interesting, but yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Cool World because that was meant, you know, it was a cartoon meant for adults. It mm. was it was supposed to be one level up um, in terms of mature audience than Who Famed Roger Rabbit. But yeah. the studios completely, basically just fucked with it so much because they wanted to appeal to a family audience so it got heavily dumbed down yeah it's it, it's definitely something it should interesting have been. i think it's one of those things where if i ever for whatever reason ever met brad pitt that's the film i'd talk about <laughs> i wouldn't <laughs> be like hi tyler dude and i'd be like so let's talk about cool world <laughs> it, it's such a strange well we shouldn't we shouldn't we um, won't we won't divert yeah <laughs> but but yeah i think it, it was always so weird with Ernest Stimpy because for me, it feels like most of the final years of my childhood, Ernest Stimpy was there. But it, it, in truth, um, after Spumco were kicked off, you know, John Kay, you know, he they basically lost the gig after season one, which I never realised. I didn't know. No, I didn't know that either. Uh, yeah, so season one. Yeah. 
um, because of all the the various fail. Well, they 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 kept um, not jo- delivering. Bob Camp, I think Bob Camp was one of the guys because this is it. I did, again, I didn't realize this until like ten years later when I was reading this interview and finding out all this stuff. But I think Bob Camp was poached from Nickelodeon to head up games animation which was their like oh. i think in-house studio which took over the production of ren and stimpy from them and you can also see it's like if you watch rocco's modern life which was the fourth nicktoon it ha- definitely had that kind of we want to build on the success of ren and stimpy rather than building on the success of like doug or something like that which was a completely <laughs> different tone i mean i love doug i could sit here all day talking about doug but it was clear that ren and stimpy was like the breadwinner at that point i mean i think rugrats would later go on to eclipse everything but like ren and stimpy was clearly the breadwinner so it's like when rocco's modern life came along they're like all right we want to we want to continue on from that totally and i think it it was it was really strange that so john k um he actually voiced uh, Ren. Yeah. And then when he and Spumco basically lost the gig, um, Billy West, who was also vo- voicing Stimpy, he then began to voice both characters in the second season. And I didn't, you know, it's really weird a lot, you know, you, you know, you read, you read online about season two versus season one and season two is apparently lost a lot of the, the 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 controversial edge and a lot of the aspects which made season one so great uh but i didn't i didn't know this no i didn't, I, didn't. I just like i remember because like season one i just seem to remember like the big tentpole episodes like i remember space madness i think that was season one oh, that's incredible. Um, yeah. and then season two had black hole which was i think their attempt to kind of emulate the success of uh, space matters but i mean it's good it's not as good as space matters and then also there was um S- S- uh, ren's brother like where is sven and he turns <laughs> out he's just as stupid as stimpy i remember that was another big one. Oh, and another one i loved and it was one of the this is a bit personal and like anecdotal i suppose but um the episode uh stimpy's fan club is one of the first times i ever memorized a monologue which was in part two like part one uh ren works at stimpy's fan club because stimpy's like super popular and all this stuff and then he's writing like all these kids write in and say stuff like i wet the bed what should i do stimpy all my friends make fun of me and he writes back like god you're an idiot loser and all this kind of stuff and then stimpy's like no you need to be nice to these kids and then when it comes back from break like stimpy's asleep in bed and ren is just like awake like having this complete mental breakdown he's just like i was nice <laughs> today and then it's like he looks at stimpy sleeping he's like look at him they think he's a god and all this kind of it's like in my hands i hold the fate of millions and it's like really big dramatic stuff and i remember i used to like memorize that i was like this is brilliant this is great and <laughs> Superb. Well, I, I, I was always memorizing the songs because, oh yeah, you know, log, because you, you mentioned a bit earlier about you know all the kind of toy selling cartoons like, He Man and uh, Thundercats, Transformers, etc. But yeah, I love the fact that um, Ren Stimpy aped that because they had yeah. their own ridiculously random nonsense. And there was another one where it's like um, uh, sugar frosted sod pops that taste just like a freshly mowed lawn. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, you know, powdered toast man. Oh, I loved powdered toast man. It, it was all this um, heavy deconstruction of 
you know, American commercial culture, which was just so wonderfully. And it and it, it hasn't dated because since they went for that style of like the fifties, that kind of fifties, early sixties, like do 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 kind of like housewife yeah. style, I guess. I don't know what the official yeah. term is, but like that kind of like very very old school style it hasn't dated as much as if they'd have set tried to make it more contemporary for the time no 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 true it 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 is really weird when you actually look at the aesthetic that they used for so much of the show um it it i don't know it it just there's just there's nothing quite like it i know i know you know there's shows such as Cat Dog, uh, even SpongeBob SquarePants, and numerous other. Even someone said Rick and Morty the other day that take all kinds of cues from the the the, the stylistic nature of Ren and Stimpy. But I don't think there's there's been anything quite like it no. since. Not that not that's aimed at kids, because let's face it, you know, as much as it had a broader appeal and still does. I think most cartoons that kind of, I mean, you know, Rick and Morty, it's not aimed at children and I'm sure children love it. And I'm sure it has garnered a younger audience, but it's clearly, you know, a lot of adult swim stuff, you know, the clues in the name, (laughs) but yeah, uh, I I also remember um, I actually had, the Super Nintendo game, Vidiots. <laughs> but it was by... Did you remember THQ? Yeah, they used to do the wrestling games. Oh, they're crap. They just <laughs> turned out. They seemed to get all the licenses. So every big TV show or film that came out on Nintendo, Game Boy, uh, and Super Nintendo, they had, they had the licenses for. So they created a boatload of Ren and Stimpy games. Uh, but I can't, I think they always looked good. They always sounded good, but the gameplay was always pretty, pretty poor. Yeah, uh, they didn't really that was also that. the era where it's like, if you had a license, you just kind of slapped it on a generic platform title. And there, yeah. was, there was an, like, I remember the Flintstones had that as well, like Treasure of Sierra Mad Rock or something like that. And it was <laughs> like, it was probably good if you were a bit younger, maybe, but. Even then, I also often find I was like, if this is aimed for like six-year-olds, a six-year-old's not going to freaking beat this game. It's like, I mean, it wasn't as hard as like Ghost House or Master System, but it was still like, okay, this, no, no, no five-year-olds beating this. <laughs> no, I, I never, yeah, I never really, I never really understood the, the THQ mantra. I mean, they they did create some good games, but it was just a. a they just churned out lots of crap. Well, like I said, at least they, they kind of made up for it with the WCW NWO Revenge and World Tour in the late 90s wrestling boom. <laughs> Which, again, they didn't even make those. They, they were made in Japan by uh, Aki Asmik. They just published them in America. So. <laughs> uh, well, that, that figures. Um, so I think it, it's worth kind of talking about why we we sort of decided to to pick Ren and Stimpy as a topic. I mean, I think even without this, we would have still loved to chat about Ren and Stimpy because we are (laughs) both fans. But before we get to the really dark stuff, (laughs) um, it was announced uh, 
by Cartoon Network. Is it Cartoon Network? Yeah, it must be. Um, Is it Cartoon Network or Comedy Central? Oh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, the Ren Stimpy was going to be rebooted. And it's really weird because uh, I think also My Little Pony uh, was going to be rebooted. Oh, Friendship is Magic. Oh, that was super successful. So, I mean, they, and they have all those, what is it called? The bronies, the, 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 the guy fans of it, because that was historically a, uh, like a franchise aimed at, at girls. So they, now they've got these guys. So uh, I'll be interested. It's kind of strange why they're rebooting that, I guess. But Well, yeah, and the connection between the two is both things have, have brought about huge petitions to stop, mm. stop this from happening. Now, yeah. yeah, go on. Go on. You want We if if we kind of deconstruct why that is, then it is going to go into the the dark territory. But before we go there, I think it's first worthwhile sort of talking about that after um, John Kay uh, got got booted off season two, he then created a. Um, an adult version of Ren and Stimpy. Adult party cartoon. Yeah. Which included some of the um some of the episodes that he never well him and Spumco never delivered on time to Nickelodeon. So he they actually finished those and then added it to the adult party cartoon. But yeah, I've I've only seen um, clips of it. I think I've seen like, I, I don't know, like a 10, 10 minute, 5 minute clips and that was enough. It really... I mean, if yeah, Ren and Stimpy I, is... I just, I've seen, I've seen again, like you, I, I, I haven't watched an episode all the way through, but I saw, because I always like to see clip, like, especially with something like this where I'm like, okay, if you're continuing or rebooting something, I, I want to see like a few seconds of it first because I, I, I can tell just by the animation style whether I'm going to watch it all. And I was like, okay. I, it, it reminded me a lot of um, Spumco and John Kay did uh, these. I don't know how many they did. It was only a handful. I've got the first two or three on video because I was fully, this was basically the first, oh no, it wasn't the first thing he did. I think he did Ripping Friends before this, but this was the fir- one of the first big things he did after Renaissance, which was Yogi Bear for Cartoon Network. He did these one-offs and it was such a big deal and they were championing it. It's like Spumco, John Kay are doing these Yogi Bear animated shorts and everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is great. And especially like, I, I was like, oh my gosh, I love Renaissance. I can't believe he's back. And then I watched them and I was like, these are just dark. Like Ren and Stimpy has like dark elements of it, but all of it feels, it, it, it never, I don't know. It's difficult to describe, but these kind of like, it was almost like if I thought that there was no rules and no restrictions on Ren and Stimpy, this kind of let me realize, no, actually there was a lot. I just didn't notice it because the gates were moved so much further than they were for everything else. But this kind of showed like, it was really messed up. Like one of them, I think Boo Boo eats these wild berries and goes feral. And it's just, Whoa. and then he like starts to like try to eat Ranger Smith and all this kind of stuff. And it's like <laughs> really, really, really off the wall. And I, I remember like watching it and just kind of being like, okay, I don't know if I want to keep this on video now. I kind of feel like I felt worse for watching it. But the animation style I noticed of Adult Cartoon Party was similar 
to that. I mean, obviously it's going to have John Kay's character designs and animation and stuff, but it'll just things like the line thickness and stuff. I think it's because it was made digitally, whereas Ren and Stimpy was still done by hand. So like there, there's a certain, there's a, there is a difference between like kind of stuff done digitally and stuff done by hand. And it was like, I could see that this was more like the uh, the, Ranger, the Ranger Smith, the Yogi Bear cartoons he'd done for Cartoon Network. And I was like, I watched, I think about like two or three minutes and I was like, okay, I'm going to bow out this. this I'm, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to slag it off, but I was like, I'm going to, I think, I think the, the John K train might have moved out of my station now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that's the thing about Ren and Stimpy. It was so absurd and, and so, I mean, the, the imagery, you know, everything about it was so loud, bright, noisy. It, it's just like one big drug trip. And I think that the walls of, you know, kind of reality always constantly being moved about and nothing in it. You know, there were so many random characters and one-off segues and segments and um, what do you call it? Those set pieces that, you know, that not, nothing really had to make any sense. Now let's join Ren Hoak at breakfast time. I'm all out of powdered toast. Calling powdered powder toast, toast man. man. Come, Come in. in. Please, Please respond. Powdered toast man. Powdered toast man. Hello, fellas. Out of powdered toast again? Leave everything to me. Just look at those eyes light up. Isn't he wonderful? Why, he's toasterific. Just like powdered toast. Don't run out of powdered toast at your house. From Primo. I, one of my favorite episodes was... Um, Ren's, sorry, Stimpy's pet fart stinky. when you actually think about it it's a cat um who was devastated by the loss of his pet fart and <laughs> and they, they they took it to such extremes well do um, you remember the one where i think this wasn't one of the spumco episodes i think this was one of the games animation episodes where ren adopted a baby but the baby was a full-grown man and he was like a prisoner <laughs> Like yes, convict. Yeah. Huge. And I still remember, like to this day, um, the bit where they go for a picnic, and he's like, "What do you want to eat? Meat." 
He's like, all right. He's like, what, what do you want to drink? And he goes, meat. He's like, all right, Stimpy, get him a glass of meat. And like, Stimpy pours this like liquid meat. And like for years afterwards, whenever someone would say, what do you want to drink? I always wanted to go, meat. But I figured like no one would get the reference because it was like a latter day Ren and Stimpy show. And I remember like, and then he starts like, Ren has to burp him. And he's like, has oh. a burp shoulder like a baby. And he's just like, starts to like burp up. And I was like, I remember even as I was, I think I was about, 10 maybe i remember watching that with my friend in his living room and i remember just being like what 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 huh and like that it was kind of like i, was, I just I, I i really struggled with that one <laughs> Well, it, it genuinely had so many gross-out moments, oh. and I think you definitely don't really get that in cartoons anymore. Not not to that degree, but you know, if we talk about adult party cartoon, it kind of seems like you know John John K on his own, uh, you know, without the the boundaries of what what previously must have been. Partly, you know, Nickelodeon. Vanessa Coffee at Nickelodeon probably keeping him in check because she was the, I think she was the mastermind. She was the brains behind, um, maybe not the origin of the Nicktoons, but I think she kind of was in charge of the Nicktoons. She was executive producer on all of them back then. And from what I've read since, she was the one who was like kind of saying, yeah, we, we want to have creator driven cartoons. So obviously, John Kay had came recommended because he'd worked with Ralph Bakshi on the late 80s version of Mighty Mouse, uh, which also also got in trouble as well. That was a whole separate thing. I mean, anything with Ralph (laughs) Bakshi is going to get attention. But I mean, even with adult party cartoons, and this is one of the few genuinely rock and roll stories I have in my entire life, is I was in Paris and I met uh, an artist. I was in an art show and I met an artist who had worked on adult party cartoon. And I was like, no way, you worked on the new Ren and Stimpy. What's it like? And he was like, it sucked. He goes, we worked like crazy, like 18 hours. A day. He's like, basically, I worked 18 hours a day for two weeks and he paid me like two, three hundred bucks. I'm not going to say the guy's name because I don't want to get him in trouble. But he did. I did <laughs> read an interview with him later and he was like, oh, yeah, that was, you know, I, that's a highlight of my resume, adult party cartoon. But I remember him telling me like just because we went to this like bar afterwards, everyone. And it was just like, oh, it sucked. And it's like and then he even told me, I think then he was just like some of the stuff about John Kay that would kind of later come out but yeah and that's that was another thing it's like all these things kind of slowly I was like okay what, what's going on with this John Kay guy so yeah like I said the the Yogi Bear cartoons the adult cartoon party like meeting this artist and hearing what it's like behind the scenes and then um also John Kay I don't know if he still does but for many years he kept a blog kind of it was it's like an artist's blog and I, back in the yeah. day, I used to follow loads of artists online. And he just used to, it was a mix of him kind of educating people on like classic cartoons, like especially Bob Clampett. Bob Clampett was huge 
like back in the Looney Tunes days and a lot of like animators, especially in the nineties, really looked up to him there. I think Cartoon Network even had a show just dedicated to Bob, Bob Clampett comic, uh, cartoon, sorry. And um, he would kind of go over these, but then some of them would also, he'd go over modern stuff and be like, this is why modern stuff sucks. And it's like, this is why, and he would talk about, I mean, this is kind of segueing into the controversial stuff, but he was like, this is Katie Rice. This is her stuff. And this is why it's great. And I remember looking at it, I'm like, it's good and it's like your style, but why are you shitting on everything else? And um, Katie Rice would later go on to develop the webcomic um, Camp We Don't Want You. If you read Penny Arcade, she was the winner of um, the strip shirt reality show that they did to find a new webcomic artist. But um, yeah, then it later came out about John Kay and Katie Rice and that whole scandal and his reaction to it as well, kind of how he responded to what had come out kind of by that point I think I was done being a fan of his but when it did come out I was like well I'm I was kind of like I'm not surprised not not that I wasn't surprised but it was like it didn't his his reaction didn't surprise me and when it did come out I was like yeah yeah uh, something like this would have come out like the guy was too weird he's just too weird of a dude not to have some kind of skeleton in his closet well yeah I think we might as well um well, I think you've kind of started to address the elephant in the room yeah. on that. But um yeah, for for the listeners, obviously John Kay um was found out to have had an underage girlfriend and I think also possessing child pornography. I think that was right. one of the things she said he what had like um like kinda like class I don't know, I think it was like nineteenth century like dodgy photos or comics or something like I just remember like reading briefly about that it was like a he was dating Katie Rice when she was like 15 or 16 or something like that and then um, apparently people knew like oh no that was it that like he was was, he was working on one of the shows it wasn't Ren and Stimpy the original it's one of the later ones and people were like oh who's she is she an intern and they're like, no, that's John Kay's girlfriend. And they're like, girlfriend? She's like, a, she's in high school. The guy's in his 30s or whatever it was at this point. And yeah, then when he kind of got, then she came out and was like, yeah, he totally manipulated me and all this kind of stuff. Ooh, which yeah. Is just, yeah, like that. And then the, the thing that made it, I mean, this is already a scummy situation. The thing that made it even worse was his reaction was instead of, I don't know what you could say to get out of that, but uh, his reaction was basically like, instead of apologizing, he said like, oh, do you remember all these happy memories? And he's like, remember that time we went camping? And, or do you remember that time I drew you that thing and you thought it was funny? And everyone was just like, that's so completely tone deaf. Like that is the most tone deaf quote unquote apology I had ever read in my life. It was almost like him saying, I'm not, so, I mean, I can't put words in the guy's mouth, but to me, when I read it, it sounded like he was saying, I'm not sorry, you guys have got the wrong end of the stick. I mean, I don't know how you can get the wrong end of the stick of that, but it sounded to me like that's kind of what he was getting at. And it was just the whole thing. It was so like, and especially because like I loved Ren and Simpy growing up. So now I'm like, okay, well, is this going to tar my memories of that show? Or if I watch it now, am I going to be thinking in the background, back of my head? Oh, you know, what the hell? Because there was, oh, that was it. Something else pointed out. Um, in the late 90s, Spumco's website, like on their website, they were one of the early web, uh, early animation companies to have a website full stop. And this is back in the 
back in the wild west days of the internet and they created these like i don't even think it was called flash at this point i still think it was called shock macromedia shockwave they created these shockwave animated shorts i mean they're quite short because hardly anyone had broadband in those days and it was the characters he had it was george licker from uh ren and stimpy who on ren and stimpy was called george american but they called him George Licker. Then there was Jimmy the Idiot Boy and Jimmy's girlfriend called Sodi Pop. And um, he was being into, I, don't, I never heard this interview, but someone, I think, because I remembered all these because we, we used to watch them at school because like when we were in the computer lab and like you got nothing to do, you just, it was like this and like Joe Cartoon and stuff like that. You'd go around and find them and watch them all. And um, this is also, I think, how I found out about UFC. No, this was afterwards. But, um, oh, this was when they were going to ban UFC was John Kay. And those guys were like, that's stupid. UFC is awesome and all this stuff. But anyway, um, so then uh, someone someone mentioned that he was on an interview with Howard Stern. And he was kind of telling about like Jimmy, the his characters, like Jimmy, the idiot boy, George Licker and Sodi Pop. And he goes, oh, yeah, Sodi Pop. You know what's even better? He says something like, you know what's even better? She's underage. Or something, and then like I remember how like someone said like even Howard Stern was like uh, moving on or something like that. Like why why would you what? <laughs> like because that would be like your natural reaction. It's like what? But yeah, so it basically it was one of those things that it was kind of it's it's a, it kind of pisses me off when people say oh it was an open secret. It's like it was an open secret, and why didn't anyone do anything? I mean it's not. Like, if you think about this, the stuff like with John Lasseter, what he got away with for so long, and it's like this is. Like, this is arguably worse. I mean, this is child abuse. So it's like, how, I mean, and this guy is not John Lasseter. So how the hell did no one step in and be like, dude, what the, what the hell? Or like, the contact the police yeah. or something. Like, So has he done time for this? Not that I'm aware of. I don't think so. Eesh. Yeah. But this yeah. is why he's, as I think he, the only thing he's done since, I think, I don't know if it was since or before he did a Kickstarter for an animated short that, that the guy who did the voice for George Licker voiced before he died. I think that might have come out before the accusations. I don't know. But I think John Kay did say that he was going to try and get help for it, which I mean, that's the least he could do at this point. He should have been getting help for this years ago. But um, yeah, it's and then the fact that like like I said, Chris Savino, who worked with him, would then go on to be accused of sexual harassment himself. It kind of, and like the way he like I said, the way he describes working at Spumco was just kind of like this free for all. It's almost like a fraternity, like you'd see from like Animal House or something. So it just kind of make me wonder what kind of culture was going on there at Spumco in the nineties. For I just I just have this image, you know, Wolf of Wall Street. It's like the cartoon. <laughs> equivalent yeah it sounds like it sounds like wolf of wall street (laughs) yeah so i think one question to you then Hmm. knowing everything you know about the the pretty uh pitch black dark side of things do you think that they should remake ren and stimpy without obviously with with chris k sorry john k nowhere near it but do you think it should be remade personally no i think I'm I'm not a fan of remakes to begin with. I um I, I think they're rarely better than the original. But also I feel like for people that know about John Kay, that it's that the brand is tarnished. Like maybe not like my memories of 
uh, watching like Stimpy's fan club and uh, black, you know, black hole and all that. Th- those may, hopefully my memories of those aren't too tarnished, but I feel like it's a tainted brand and I get why they want to bring it back because our generation, like the boomers in the eighties are just obsessed with our youth. And I totally get why they want to bring it back, but I have yet to see a remake that the only, I think the only remake that, that I've seen that makes me think it stands on its own is the first remake of Thundercats, which was done by an anime company. I think Studio Four, Four Degrees or whatever it's called. Are you not? Um, you're not talking about the recent one. No, God, no. That I would yeah. say that would be the opposite. Like the the anime remake, I was like, okay, this is different enough, but it follows the tone. And apparently, the people that have watched all the episodes are like, no, it's it's really good. Like it, it can hold its own. But no, that new one is just sacrilege. It's awful. I don't know how the hell any executive who gives a damn about cartoons looked at that and said, yes, that's just, oh. But like even like my favorite show of all time is The Mysterious Cities of Gold. And they did an, a new one. It wasn't a remake. It was like a follow-on of the original. And oh, really? Well, yeah, it was, it was about, it's been in the last, within the last 10 years. And... It, I, I remember I, I saw it in the TV guide and I was like, oh my God, Cities of Gold? No way. Because I don't really follow animation as nearly as closely as I did back in the day. So I was like, okay, so I put it on and then I was like, this isn't this isn't the original. I could tell by the animation style. I was like, this isn't the original. And then I saw like genuinely about less than 10 seconds and there was one shot of Mendoza, who's one of my favorite characters ever, like eating. It was just a random shot of him eating. And I was like, the animation of him eating is too exaggerated. And I was like, no, I, they, they haven't got it. Like, they, they don't get it. Like, I'm not going to watch it because I don't want to slag it off. But I was like, <laughs> no, no, I'm going to leave. I'll stick with my original, thanks. But I've very rarely seen a remake that I thought was better than the original. I think well, I, or I think one of the yeah. the do you remember in the early two thousands they brought He Man back? Yeah, that was cool because what they did was they took everything that like they couldn't do with the original show, like the original show versus the comics. Like the show was much more lighthearted than the comics, whereas the updated He Man, I think Four Horsemen were making the toys. Um, it was kind of like. Prince, I think I'm trying to remember now. Prince Adam was skinnier, which I always wondered why Prince Adam had the same build as He Man. But like Prince Adam was like skinnier than He Man, and like I think they go into Skeletor's backstory, and they basically they they made the show. You could tell the show was made by fans, and you can always yeah. tell when a show that follows on is made by fans. And it's like I don't, I always feel like doing something different. Whereas I mean, even like Be- like I love Beast Wars, and even like Beast Wars next to Transformers, it didn't trample on the original. Like yeah. it existed. It was like, if you like Transformers, you might like this because it's things that transform, but it's a, com- it, the tone is different. Like obviously the animation, cause it was 3d is different. Like everything about it, like the scripts were more grown up. The character developed, like there was genuine real character development. There was ongoing story arcs. It wasn't just like, Oh, what's Megatron doing this week? And all this kind of stuff. And it was, it was really, really, good and it was like that to me is how to handle it but like remaking Renaissance, i don't see anyone crying out i don't i haven't met anyone in my life who's like you know what i need i need more ren and stimpy and if you i feel like if you want more ren and stimpy make your own 
Like, or even like, like you were saying, it was like stuff like Two Stupid. I loved Two Stupid Dogs, by the way. I liked Two yeah. Stupid Dogs and Rocco's Modern Life and all these other shows that kind of piggybacked on the success of Ren and Stimpy. Why not just do something like that? Be like, oh, do you remember Ren and Stimpy? Like, this is something like that. Kind of the way, if you remember, like video games would do that in the 80s when they couldn't afford the license, they would just kind of blatantly draw Rambo or Arnold or something on the box art <laughs> and be like, yeah. you know, like, uh, you, you, you remember this? You'll probably yeah. It's it's not that movie, but it's pretty damn close. It's like you could you could probably do that the same way. Like I said, I love Two Stupid Dogs, and I love Super Secret Secret Squirrel that was on Two Stupid Dogs, and like the characters on it. And, oh, that was so good. <laughs> well, I think you know, I think with Ren and Stimpy, if they if they were able to kind of bring, you know, it basically Spumco or at least the you know the heart of the production of that cartoon back obviously you can't because john k is not going to be involved but even if they could kind of bring back all the fundamental elements so that you kind of were able to kind of capture the look and feel Mm. um you know it might be you know it might be interesting to see how that can be you know carried on but it's like catching lightning in a bottle. It, yeah. it just and it was also like I was saying, it, it captured the culture at the time because in the nineties everything was all about going to extremes. So like I said, it was like it was all like gross out stuff or like like you know ECW like pro wrestling and uh, Ren and Stimpy, Beavis and Butthead. It was all about that kind of like let's be gross, let's be extreme. Whereas now cultures change. We've moved on. It's like that's something that's a relic of the past, and now there's something else that's different. There's something else that's I always feel like trying to capture something that was popular in the past and like it's it's not impossible but it's it's tough and it's yeah well like, even you know they're talking about doing more beavers and butthead uh, and I don't think that's not going to work I don't think that will work Well, did they already try it two or three times I remember I think like when I in the early 2000s I think they tried to bring it back and and then I think I'm a few sure. years ago they they might have tried and it was just like well, the whole thing with Beavis and Butthead was like, you know, half of the show is them watching music videos and making fun of it. <laughs> and it's like, nowadays, what are they going to do? Sit there watching YouTube? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it worked in the context of MTV because MTV, you know, you're sat there watching music videos. This was kind of like you, you sat there watching music videos, but with a couple of guys making, you know, offhand remarks all the time. And then you'd get probably about five minute, you know, five or two or three minutes, five minutes, I don't know, never never more than 10 minutes of actual story, plot yeah. story during an episode. So it didn't really, it didn't really matter. Whereas I don't think that sort of thing, I don't know. It's, yeah, exactly. Or you base it around when there is no music television. I just anymore. feel like there's so many, it's... I'm not going to say it's creatively bankrupt because that's a bit that's a bit heavy, but it does feel like I just feel like if I was an executive, I mean, this is why I'm not an executive, but it's like if I was an executive <laughs> and someone said, hey, do you remember Beavis and Butthead or do you remember Ren and Stimpy? It's like, yeah. Like, did you like it? Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to bring it back. And it's like, well, no, it's like you. this is your job. Like, come up with something new. I would be like me personally. I'd be like, what am I paying you for? Like to regurgitate ideas from 30 years ago from my youth. 
No, come up with something new, something cool. There are so many cool ideas out there. And like actually saying before about YouTube, like if you scour YouTube and stuff, like, I don't know. But you were saying about the style, like um, there was a movie a couple of years back, Rob Zombie directed called The the Haunted, was it? The Haunted World of El Superbisto. And I remember when oh. I first saw like screenshots from it, I thought that was a John Kay or a Spumco production, but it wasn't. So I haven't read too much into it. So I don't know if anyone is from Spumco was involved because, I mean, this was like 25 years after the fact. But I don't know. Or if it was just like maybe Rob Zombie was a fan of Ren and Stimpy and said, I want it to look like Ren and Stimpy. But it definitely has that style, like even stuff like the facial expressions and the the because there's a certain timing that those cartoons had with like how the facial expressions move. It's either like really slow, like kind of like to making it make an exaggerated one or like really fast and it's like it definitely has that and it has like i said the character designs as well it definitely has that that spumco feel about it so if you are a fan of that that style and you're kind of wanting to check something out haunted world of el superbisto although again that's genuinely not for children so <laughs> put the little but I, really think, I don't know for me it's interesting with kind of a lot of modern cartoons that are sort of aimed more adult audiences like even when simpsons started it kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit more a little bit more quite gently but there was stuff in in that cartoon that was you probably hadn't really seen before and then you had family guy and that did it to much more extremes and it went further and further and further and then you had rick and morty more recently which you know, pushed every boundary, you know, in all kinds of different directions, but had a more kind of sci-fi feel. All three are brilliant, but I find that, you know, like classic Simpsons is great. Modern Simpsons, I don't know. I don't tend Not to. Not many people are fans, I don't think. No, get much out of it anymore. And Family Guy is the same. Family Guy, when it started out, it was the first like, three or four. Basically, up until it got cancelled the first time. So I think it was like the first three seasons i can't remember the top of my head i think it was three seasons those are the ones that were on dvd that when i was at uni we were all everyone was like sharing with each other was yeah and then they brought it back it was so popular they brought it back and i always remember feeling like okay that's it but oh here's here's an interesting segue um seth mcfarland who created family guy um he either got his start or one of his early successes was working on two stupid dogs Ah. And I think Johnny Bravo as well. He didn't create it, but he worked. On, I think he worked on Johnny Bravo as well. Ah, pretty cool. Pretty See, there you go. That's look. another problem. Oh, that's another one. I mean, we could have a whole episode on that. The world premiere tunes slash what a cartoon in the mid nineties on Cartoon Network, which was basically their, um, them kind of emulating the success of the Nicktoons by saying, we just want creators to create cartoons. You've got like five, what, five, 10 minutes or whatever it was, make your own cartoon. And then they would just pick the ones that were popular. And the ones that were popular were uh, Dexter's Laboratory, Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo. Um, oh God, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. But basically it was all the ones that would go on to be like the pillars of Cartoon Network for the following like decade or something. And 
that's wow. another thing where it's like there is so much i mean now the talent would be i'd probably say exponentially more because also you can go worldwide like at the time i think they just went to like cal arts or something and asked a bunch of the graduating class. i think and again don't quote me on that but i think they just went to like cal arts and asked a bunch of the graduating seniors like make a bunch of cartoons for us please and we'll pick the ones we like and uh if they could do something like that now and go worldwide and be like we don't care what country you live in like you guys just do cool cartoons we'll buy like we will commission you guys if you can like do a proof of concept we'll pay you to do a cartoon if it's successful almost like the way netflix does it like netflix kind of has this see what sticks mentality it's like we'll green light a season for you and if people watch it we'll green light another one like bojack horseman which is definitely one of the best cartoons of the last yeah. god knows how long and it was like that came in the era where they were more willing to give them more seasons. I mean, it's personally, I think it should have gone on maybe one more season. The ending did feel a little rushed, but it's still great. And it was like every, like, and it's so, it was something different. It was like, it was addressing these like mental health issues and like more fringe aspects of society that like other cartoons either weren't getting or were mocking or something, but it like, it never feels preachy and it's, it's it's fantastic it that there you go that is the cartoon for today is something like bojack horseman whereas the cartoon for 1992 was <laughs> ren and stimpy and it's like this is why i don't think ren and stimpy would work to, i mean maybe i'll be wrong and it'll turn out to be a huge hit but i wouldn't bet the mortgage on it well it just depends on whether this um uh this enormous change.org petition <laughs> in its tracks uh, because again, it all depends on whether the Cartoon Network are, you know, are they trying to pump the nostalgia vein and get the people that used to love it, like me and you, to to watch it again, or are they completely shooting for a new audience? If they're shooting for a new audience and they and they maybe make it for kids, I don't know. Who knows? Who it knows? might be. It might be something good. It might be something a bit different. Um, well, not for us, but for, <laughs> for, for, for today's kids. But I think it, it's always... I mean, there, there are rare examples like the Watchmen TV series, whereas I, I never thought that that was going to be good. You know, I never thought it would it would live up to the actual source material and, and do a good job of it. Um so there are there is there are rare examples that modern day kind of continuations and remakes can work, but they are pretty rare. Mm. And I think with Ren and Stimpy, that the legacy it has is that it it built the foundations for so many different cartoons that you've mentioned, oh, yeah. for so many different kind of animation and sound techniques which have been, you know been reused and reused over and over again speaking of the sound i don't know if it's still available but if you google ren and stimpy i think it's called like ren and stimpy production music someone on a blog was put in the incalculable amount of effort it must have taken to find all of the original production music because a lot of it was from like the bbc sound archives and things like that like vintage music and he had it i i mean it was so many. I think it was like dozens and dozens and dozens of songs. And even some of them are just like little bits. Like one of them was like when Ren 
is take is having a sponge bath and he was too embarrassed and simply like don't worry no one can see it and the camera like pans over and there's like four random people at the window and it's like dun 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 and like that sound effect and thing and they're like do 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 and just all the kind of like i was saying before like that 50s kind of sterile culture that was around back then that john Kay is obviously completely in love with like all these sound effects from well maybe not so much the sound effects but like the music and yeah if you can find it i don't know if it's still it might be on like mega or mega uploads gone now isn't it but it just google around it might still be out there but yeah renison production music well i love the foghorn the foghorn <laughs> was just it, it because it was always some it was always at the moment where something gross or ridiculous or sad had happened usually usually stimpy but because one of the other gross things that i remember was um yak shaving day where uh, (laughs) the kilted yaksman comes in and like shaves in your sink and leaves behind like shaving like just the slime and like shaving studs and Stimpy comes out and like sticks it in the po- the top pocket of his pajamas and goes oh he got my letter and like even as like a child like the primal I was like nine or whatever for the target audience for the show I was just like what like <laughs> and then um no well Stimpy was always oh was it well both of them I can't remember there was a lot of stuff between with fur balls and kitty litter that was particularly... Oh, yeah. Gritty kitty, kitty litter. <laughs> but, um, but I love the thing, talking about the adverts they used to do in the middle for, like, Log and Oddpop. They Lamo. actually, Spumco used to do adverts for real after they lost Ren and Simpy. They did them for... they Because they were all on their website at the time. It was Akoi Pizza in Japan. Um, they did several for Old Navy clothing stores in America, and they oh. did music videos. They did a music video for Bjork. I forgot which one. And they did a music video for, I mean, it's a natural fit for Tenacious D. Oh. Which. Oh, yeah, no. Um, it was Fucker Gently, I think. Gently, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, because that that really does look like. Yeah, that was them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. I always wondered that. Yeah. No, they they were all on. Like I said, I used to, because the internet was so much smaller back then and we didn't have this constant update stuff. Like I would just like spend so much time on the same websites. And so like stuff like um, Spumco's website. And at the time it was called, now we'll always call it this ghost planet. The people that did um, space Ghost coast to coast and cartoon planet. Like they had a website at the time, which I think was on like AOL servers. It was like AOL.com slash members slash like SG c2c or something like that and they i've spent all this time on their websites like memorizing everything and like all the people and all the work that they'd done and all that kind of stuff and like seeing all the stuff like hey you can buy our stuff and like being in high school i was like working at a supermarket and i'm, like, I'm not spending 15 dollars on this <laughs> <laughs> well kudos to your extreme knowledge well i think we should wrap it up uh wrap it up on on that um interesting dollar spending <laughs> you keep forgetting that you, you you spent how much of your childhood in america uh, i moved there when i was eight and then i left when i was 25 i think oh wow yeah so that's pretty cool but yeah i think maybe for the next episode we should talk about bojack horseman oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah um, what a show it's just 
the best. you told me to watch that. I remember that. You had a BoJack oh, really? talking bobblehead. And you were like, <laughs> you would love it. You should watch BoJack. It's just all references and you'd love it. And I did. I watched it and I did love it. And I got my partner into it as well. She loves it too. <laughs> Amazing. What I, I did, uh, for once, uh, a good recommendation for me. I've still got that BoJack talking good it's it's probably worth something now with the popularity of the show (laughs) yeah maybe i should uh i found it in the loft the other day it (laughs) it, it moved to about three different houses i'll have to dig it out and put it in that's how you know dan is loaded with cash because he lives in london and has a loft (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) didn't say what part of london Yeah, exactly. If you knew what part of London, then you'd know that I clearly am not. not <laughs> uh, but yeah, cool. Well, on that uh, bombshell, um, thank you all for listening in and join us next time for some Bojack Horseman facts, trivia and opinions. Thank you, Mr. Roth. Thank you. Thank you.